Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is Nee Shobo, and you're listening to Think Gold. Obviously, this, your playing time with the Saints, that came to an end. And you said you were mentoring kids after that. Right. So how did that come about? Yeah, mentoring so, kids. So I was training to get back into the league for about almost a year and a half to two years, you know, after. And um, I wanted to stay around the game. So it was like, it was kind of boring, you know, just working out and then not, not really having much to you know, I wanted to stay close to football. So I, I just volunteered at a local high school and was volunteering the JV team. Right. And I wasn't even like a head coach. And I was just like a little assistant. You know, they let me work with some running backs, you know, boom, boom. And uh, I just was really surprised at how much they didn't know. You, you know what I'm saying? Like no, mentally like, or, or physically? Yeah, both. So okay. so not only physically, meaning like. And I, not it, more so mentally, uh, you know, when you guys are that young, you don't expect them to be like, you know, you know, but just the mentality, like guys were trying to act cool in practice, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And yep. uh, not and complaining so much about the coaches. I've always tripped out about like guys who love to blame and, and, and you know, shirk or give responsibility to somebody else for why they're not getting their results. I would watch coaches dig into these players and then, and these players on the sideline about to cry, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Which I can relate to, you know what I'm saying? I, I never did well with coaches who scream at me, but guess what? That's a reality of sports. So watching them not know how to deal with that, watching them not know how to lock in and focus during practice, worried about what their friends are saying, as opposed to being a guy who doesn't care what, because remember I told you at Oregon State, guys didn't like me for a while. Now later that turned into respect. Yeah. Later, these were the guys who were trying to lobby for me to get a, get a scholarship, but guys were trying to fit in so much as opposed to really knowing what their goals were and improving. So mm-hmm. I said, nah, I got to take these dudes up under my wing. So not only can I start training them from a physical standpoint, I said, look, so it just started with me picking them up and having them work out with me. So it was cool because there was a few of them that were like really athletic and I enjoyed having them with me. We just trained together. Right. And of course, they really enjoyed it. I was, you know, just out of the league and, you know, I was putting them up. I was really teaching them. And, you know, I get down. I really like to teach, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I was breaking it down. Then I had this idea. I was like, yo, what if I did a training camp? You know, how you get ready for training camp. And I always love that process of getting ready for training camp. I was like, what if I take like eight kids, man, like eight high school kids and just train with them for the whole summer leading up to football and train them from a mental standpoint, from a food standpoint, like how to eat. Cause of course, you know, no one taught, teaches you this in high school and from a physical standpoint. And that's when I created pro squad uh, training camp. That was actually my first company. It was called pro squad. And it was so dope, man. It was, I'm going to have to show you a picture of my that's first awesome. graduate. Seems like class. you loved it, man. I can see you getting passionate about it yeah, right man. now. It was so much fun, man. I would that's literally awesome. spend like three to four hours with these kids every day, six days out of the week. We'll work out. I would take them to the, to the farmer's market, show them how to shop for food, you know, show them how to eat. Boom, boom, boom. Started reading books. You know, every day before we worked out, I I show them how to get their mind right for their workout, lock in, setting goals, all of that, man. So it was so dope, and uh, that I did that for at least four years in the summer. You know what I mean? Um, And then I started that started turning into a training, like an actual training company, because people would see me, and I didn't have no certifications or none. It was just straight game from playing. You know what I'm saying? 
And so people would see me at the gym. And of course, they're like, yo, could I work out with you? Boom, boom, boom. And so I just started doing personal training and I started getting some, some athletes that was all recommendations, you know what I'm saying? And I started getting some pro soccer players, you know, started working with, I always work with a lot of soccer players, you know, just putting them up on this boom, boom, boom. And that's how it sort of started. And then there was a point though, Ivory, where I realized I don't really like the personal training part of it. You know what I'm saying? Like there was guys in the gym who like loved learning about, you know, the anatomy and squats and technique. I wasn't really worried about that. You know what I'm saying? Like I knew how to do it. I knew how to teach it, but I didn't find myself wanting to learn more about it. I was so fascinated with the mindset part of it, like Mm. really helping them how to develop that toughness. There was an athlete that I work with who she would always hold back in trainings because she was afraid of wasting energy. You know what I mean? No, she didn't say this, but that's what it was. It was like, she knew she had to go to practice earlier. So she wouldn't even work that hard, but it wasn't like she was lazy, but just a a simple mindset shift like that. You see what I'm saying? Where it's like, nah, like practice is where you, you overdo it so that you can test yourself and prepare yourself for when it's tough. So this athlete in particular she, her name was Alexis. She actually just, just graduated. She's getting ready to graduate and go play softball in college, which is super dope. But I would take her and her dad after our training sessions and I would start teaching them these little lessons, mindset lessons. You, you say her and her dad? Her and her dad. So her dad was one, one of those dads who was very much involved in her career. Okay. And I would, I would, and he was, he would keep her accountable. You see what I'm saying? So her, so, her dad was going through it with her basically. That, yeah. Wow. So that's when I started creating the blueprints, you know, you know about, wow. and so, yeah. uh, and just these little lessons, just about taking responsibility for yourself, you know, yeah. how to, how to elicit or solicit feedback from your coaches, you know, how to approach certain things, how to get your mind right during, uh, during training, you know, how to approach training from a mental standpoint. So this eventually uh, turned into, this eventually turned into the I'm not you program. Exactly. So the, the way it happened was at a certain point, I realized I don't like doing this from a physical training. I want to go pure mindset. And at the time, I didn't really have no template. There wasn't really, and I knew I wasn't a sports psychologist necessarily, right? So it, there, I didn't really have a lot of models, but I knew that this was real because I saw the impact that it was having on the athletes that I was already working with. And so I just made a decision. I literally made a decision just like I did in college. and was like, I'm, I'm creating a, a company that's purely mindset. And I told all my clients, I'm not doing training no more. Gave them refunds. You know what I'm saying? Said, I'm no longer doing training. And then I began the process of fleshing out the vision for I'm not you, you know what I'm saying? And it wasn't, but about five, six months later where I actually launched I'm not you, you know, of course changed the name because it used to be pro squad created I'm not you. And uh, the rest is history, man. And I remember with the name, I knew I wanted to call it I'm not you because that I was listening to this clip song called I'm not you, you know what I'm saying? And I was running and it was like the way that when Pusha T was like, no, 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 I told you, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not, not, I'm not, I'm not you rappers. You know what I'm saying? Like I really lived this. And I was like, that's, that's how I feel. It's like, nah, I'm not like y'all dudes, man. <laughs> like I really lived this. Like I do this shit. And I really wanted it to represent that rebelliousness, that like all in mentality, that obsessiveness that a lot of people shy away from. And I remember I had, a, I told my brothers about it, a few friends about it, and they, they weren't really feeling the name. And yeah, I had one friend, right? I had one friend with my, my guy, Chance. Yep. I actually had him on a podcast and, and I, I told him the name. He was like, bro, that's hot. And I was like, yes, I just needed one. I just needed one person. 
Uh, and again, like the rest is history, man. So that's how it started. Yeah, you say, you know, the people who are, who are, I'm not you who belong in that category, they're the 2% of people. Right, right. They are right. the 2% of people. So why is it, why is it so, why is it 2% only 2% of people? Why isn't it 25? Why isn't it 30% of people? That's a, why is it such a, a small amount of number? Why is it such a small number? That's a, a very deep question. And I'm not sure I have the answer to that, man. But yeah. I know that if you just look in, if you just look in, look at any organism, a group of people, uh, a group of birds, a group of cats, you know what I mean? A, a classroom. There's yeah. always, there's like this, this, these separations of, or these levels, you know what I mean? And I just know that I I think that human beings, we all have a, a desire to evolve and grow. And mm-hmm. we all love the idea of being the best at something. Mm-hmm. Obviously, not everyone is going to be the best. Uh, or some people may not even have the... Now, that's not for me to say. I never... I guess what I'm saying is... They were never taught, I think, is... is- Right. It's like I never felt like it mattered whether or not I was going to be the best or not. It just mattered that I was willing to to try. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like and, you know, like it, so that that two percent, anyone can be that. And I don't even know if it's two percent. You know what I mean? But when you just look, you know that there's like just like with any football team, there's always a few guys where it's like, are right, they different? You know what I'm saying? And I always wanted to be that guy who was different. Like, don't don't compare me to none of these fools, man. Like, I'm different. Like, don't put me in that category. Uh, and I don't like being put in that category. Uh, so that's that's how I see it. That's crazy. No, that's a that's crazy. So I want to I want to bring up some some topics. And I know you can drop gems all day long. You can, but I know we gotta conserve your time a little bit. But kind of talk to me and the audience about what mindset is in your eyes? Because a lot of people are confused to what mindset even is. You might be like, okay, work your, what my wide receivers coach will even say, you know, work, work the mental game of it. But then he'll right. say, you know, watch, watch film. But mm-hmm. I feel like it's even, it's more than just watching film. There's more things you can do. Explain what the mindset is and the importance of it. Yeah. So to me, mindset is synonymous with a lot of different words. So mindset is the same as saying what your beliefs are about something. Mindset is the same thing as saying what's your philosophy about something. Mindset is saying what you feel about something, what you think about something. So mindset is really a collection of your unconscious, not conscious, You go, because everyone can say that they believe something, right? Like yeah. you ever see people say like, yeah, man, I believe in hard work and I've, but you don't work hard. So that your mindset is not that. That's just what you're saying. So unconscious beliefs, ideas, values, which are things that are important to us. And so those things lead to the actions that we take on a consistent basis. So you can very well uncover what your mindset is by looking at what you do and the things you produce. Hmm. You see what I'm saying? Just yeah. like in the Bible, God talks about, you look, you can, you can tell by the fruits, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so the mindset is the, the roots of that tree. And then of course the results we pr- produce are the fruits. And so your mindset is what you think and what you believe about things, right? Your philosophy, your approach. I'll give you an example. An athlete who unconsciously holds back how hard they work because they have more work to do later. Hmm. The, their, their belief is that 
I want to conserve my energy because I don't want to be tired at the next practice. Because if I'm tired, then, you know, X, Y, and Z may happen. I may not be able to perform well in practice. Guess what a, a player like a Kobe believes? What does he believe? It's practice, right? Yep. So practice is an opportunity for me to train myself to be able to perform at a high level in high pressure situations where my need, my team needs me to perform. Results are, of, are, are, are super duper important. So uh, no one's gauging how well I do in practice necessarily. So practice is an opportunity for me to train my body and mind for the pressure that I'm going to be, uh, to be in later. So mm -hmm. why would I not go hard in practice? I must go hard in practice because I'd rather test myself and see how I perform under that pressure in practice, be able to identify the, the areas where I'm weak so that I can improve them so that when I perform, I can actually ball out and it would be more easy for me to do that. So you see the it's logic, right? Yeah. So with a Kobe Bryant, not only is he able to articulate it, but he actually believes it. And you know it because of the things that he does and of course the results he produces. The so he takes and the results, yep. Exactly. So the 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 question then would become well if that's how you believe what mindset is, right? Which is just what you think and what you believe about things on an unconscious level, well how do you change that? You yeah. see what I'm saying? Like, how do you, how do you alter your mindset? I was going to say, if it's unconscious, you know, how much control do we have over our mindset? Exactly. So the thing that makes us different than an animal is that we have a conscious mind. So we actually have the ability to take things from unconscious level and bring them to the conscious level and then train ourselves, train our unconscious, if you will. Right. So one of the biggest things that, or one of the, the, the best things you can do, is identify what you want to believe. So there's, there's people listening right now who will take one thing that I said and that will spark something new in their thought process, mm -hmm. which will lead them to start doing certain things and researching certain things. And then it will start to take form through their habits and then of course results. So it's, it starts with talking about things and bringing things to light. So with the athlete who's not going hard in practice, you would bring that, you, awareness is key. Right. So when you start bringing awareness to and the way you can know when you have a faulty mindset about something is, number one, if you're producing results, you don't like. Number two, if you consistently have feelings that come up that are negative, that you don't like, because negative feelings are the same as when you're driving in your car and your 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 um, your uh, gas light comes on. Yep. It's not a bad thing, but it's showing you that something's wrong. So mm. when you have negative emotions about some conflict, you, uh, that's, that's exposing that, fa that faulty mentality that you have. It's basically beliefs that are out of alignment with what you want. So as soon as you get that into alignment, you'll feel good. Now that doesn't mean you'll always feel good and that you won't go through pain, but at least you'll have some context. So Kobe, when he's struggling in practice, you know, when he's going hard and, you know, they're running all these sprints and doing whatever else and challenging themselves in practice is painful. But according to his philosophy, what's pain, <laughs> right? Pain is a prerequisite for growth. Uh -huh. So his philosophy, his mindset holds him, keeps his body in check or his physical, right? Like in the Bible, it says the, the, the flesh is weak but the spirit is strong. You see what I'm saying? So yep. the mindset is like your spirit. It's like your, 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 your emotions and your, and your beliefs. 
and your body is going to be weak. But ultimately, we as humans, we have the ability to will our bodies to do things that, you know, an animal can't necessarily. Animals are pure instinct. We have instincts and we have the ability to decide what we want, analyze, be self-aware, you know, change directions. So when you start to value mindset, you start to then say, what do I want? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? What do I want to believe? What's most important to me in life? These are all things that com- compile. And so mindset is not like a simple, like, oh, it's this. It's a, it's a collection of things, right? It's, it's like mindset's like your wardrobe. It's, it's a collection of shoes, you know, pants, shirts. But what we have to do is not have a sloppy ass wardrobe that's a piles of clothes. We got to have our shit dialed in, all dry cleaned. You know what I'm saying? Suits, you know, ties, nice socks. You know what I'm saying? Gym clothes, et cetera, all beautifully organized. And that becomes now your philosophy. And that's really what I teach in Killer Instinct is how to really create this philosophy and then have it be aligned with where you want to go. Because it's not really about a right or wrong. Like a lot of people have different philosophies and that's the beauty of life. It's about being aligned. You see what I'm saying? And and, 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 And knowing your unique sort of makeup and creating a, a philosophy that matches it. Yeah, our mindset is the most important thing we have. It's it's the it's the reason we see things the way we see things. It's responsible right. for our perception. It's what creates our reality in a sense. Right. So what do you say to someone who, you know, is on E, they're on empty, you know, they're filled right. with negative beliefs. They're they know that they feel negative all the time and they're dealing with things inside of them. What are some tangible things they can do, you know, right after this podcast to Mm-hmm. start to even realize that, all right, I can do this and that. I can get myself out of this, this circumstance. There is some hope that I can change. Absolutely, Ben. Uh, I think the the first tangible thing that I would do if I were them is do your best to try to, you know, organize your life into some general categories. Say like, all right, man, like money, you know, health, relationships, basic stuff, right? You know, career. And you don't have to get too complex with this, but just take out a blank piece of paper and write out those categories. The next thing I would do is for each one of those, and I would start maybe with have a friend help you with this, not necessarily be by yourself. Because okay. if, you're, if you're feeling a bunch of pain and confusion and frustration, this might be difficult for you to do uh, with just yourself pen and paper. But have a friend, a trusted friend, uh, ask you, what would you, what do you want in this category? And let's say you have six categories. What do you want in this category? If you could create it however you want it, what's your vision? What do you see for this? And just start to talk about it. Hmm. Start talking about it. And you'll start. And in the beginning, it will be tough. A lot of people it's tough for in the beginning, especially if there's someone who is, like you, you just mentioned, someone who's dealing with a lot of pain and unclear, lack of clarity. So it will be tough in the beginning and you, you won't really have a lot. But be patient. And like I said, be with a trusted friend who can maybe ask some follow up questions. And if you can have it any way you want it and then just start talking out loud about it and you'll start. You start. I mean, you know, it'd be cool. I've always wanted to live on the East Coast. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I see myself living like this. OK. And then have that friend maybe ask some follow up questions like, well, tell me more about that. You know what? What type of food would you be eating every day? You know, how do you see your body? Like what type of workouts would you be doing? What type of people would you hang around with? You know, like, uh, would you have kids? You know, would, would you have a wife, husband? You know, what what would that look like? And what's going to happen as you do this? Is this going to feel really good 
to yeah. talk about. And mm-hmm. that's how you know you're aligned. You see what I'm saying? Because you're talking about something, you're feeling good about it, right? So the more you talk about it, the better you feel. And what's going to happen with those feelings is now you've actually activated something powerful. It's called the reticular activating system. It's a part of your brain where it's when you identify something that you want, now your brain starts looking for clues that match it. You see what I'm saying? So, you know, like when you go to the grocery store and if your goal is to find a parking spot, you start seeing things. You start watching and you start seeing people walk into their cars. You start seeing brake lights on the back of cars. Yeah. You, know, so you start seeing doors shut and people walk to the, to the driver's side. So all of those things, you could be seeing a million things at that moment, but you're seeing those things based on yeah. your goal. So now your brain's going to start open up. So now you're going to listen to more podcasts. And now you're going to listen to the podcast that puts you up on game on the things that match where you want to go. Just like there's someone right now who has identified some things that they want and they're listening to this podcast right now. You see what I'm saying? Yep. And that's, a, that's for a reason. You know how many podcasts are out there? You know how many episodes you could choose from? But that's the power of the unconscious. And that's things that are at work that are, are that, that's, that's magical. And so I call right, that, yeah, I call yeah. that manifestation, the law of attraction. And I'm a, I'm a living testimony of that real life because, you know, when I went through the process with you of creating my vision, you know, one of the things I always wanted to, you know, I want to wake up at 6 a.m. in the morning and I want to see the ocean from my house. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So check that. I had that, you know, two years ago, ran down on New Year's Eve. Then, you know, a year later, I get a house on Narragansett Beach. Every morning I wake up, I see the ocean, man. Right. It's because I manifested it. It's because I, right. I lived like I already had it in my life. Right. And it gave me hope. And it was, I was able to attract it in my life. And so it's powers that you can't even really explain, but it comes from just being able to want it. Exactly. So you have to act like you want it and then act like you have it. I think that's the biggest thing. You have to act like you already have it. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. And there, are, there, there, and this is the tough thing with acting like you have it, right? Because someone might be saying, well, how do I act like I have it yeah. when I don't have it? Which makes sense, right? That's that tough sometimes. But it, think of it like building muscle, right? Like if you want to get in great shape or if you want to add, you know, 30 pounds to your bench press max, it doesn't happen overnight. What happens is, you know, you want to add 30 pounds to your bench press max. And then you go into the gym day after day and you fail. You hold yourself to that standard, but you fail. But you don't lose faith that you can make it happen. But you still feel frustrated when you don't. You still feel some doubt from time to time, but you just don't stop. Sooner sooner or later, you're going to add those 30 pounds, depending on your persistence, right? So for acting like you have it. I'm sure even with the, with the home that you would visualize, there was days where you weren't sure, but you didn't stop though. You see what I'm saying? You kept moving. You held to that vision. You kept imagining it. Maybe at night you would just see it, generating positive feelings about it. But that, that, that ability to manifest, that has to be worked like a muscle to where our goal for manifestation should be like Jesus. Jesus was able to manifest instantly. You see what I'm saying? So Jesus was able to say like, all right, oh, I need to walk across this water. Boom, done, right? Now for humans, we are the animal aspect to us, right? Now Jesus was also human, but is an example of really perfection as a human, right? So all of us have that ability to get to that level, but the way we get through it is through repetition and practice, 
So guess what? You can start manifesting small goals. You see what I'm saying? You can start noticing. Like you ever like, and we take it for granted all the time. Like sometimes I'll be just sitting, you know, in the back drinking my coffee and I'll be looking out to the forest because we got all forest in the back. And it's like, man, like this is dope. Like I like this. Whenever you find yourself saying I like this, you just manifested something that you wanted. Hmm. You just made something happen. If you say, you know what? I want a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and I want it toasted. You say it, you want it. And then you go and put the bread in the toaster, take out the peanut butter, and then you're eating it. You just made that shit happen. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? You ever have a, you remember being in high school and we go to the dance parties and shit. You like, yo, I'm about to hit them with the all white Air Force Ones and I'm going to have some jeans. Boom, boom, boom. Then I'm gonna... And then you make it happen. That's manifestation. We do, we manifest things all the time. What we're doing right now, we're manifesting a positive experience. I was about to just say, we manifest. You know what I'm saying? You right reached here. out to me, you know, yeah. boom, but you followed up because you know I don't be hitting back people back right away, right? And we made it happen. That's yeah. a beautiful thing. And even I'm even with with other things, even like having a kid, man, like when you've ever watched, you know, a woman birth a baby, man, that, that's like that's manifestation of the highest form right there, man. That's I, think we should I think we should touch on this too, Nick, because you can manifest good in your life. You can manifest bad as well. That's where the negative beliefs come from, right? Right. And so that's, yeah. it works so, both yeah, ways. So we, we could definitely go deep here. So <laughs> it, it, you're right. It goes both ways. So if we can't just take credit for the positive manifestations, right? Yeah. So the, the powerful thing about the unconscious is that what you get stems from your expectations and your beliefs, right? So when you get something that you don't want, it doesn't mean that you wanted that. It means that there's something that you believe that's out of alignment with what you want. And there's something that you believe that equaled what you got, right? So yeah. for example, let's say you are with you, you have a girlfriend and she breaks up with you and you feel heartbroken and you tell yourself, you know what? I knew I couldn't trust her. I knew I couldn't trust a woman, right? What's happened right there is that situation through the pain has brought you, has made you aware of a belief. And situations don't necessarily create beliefs. They uncover the beliefs that are already there because most of our beliefs are formed when we're young. So that situation of the girl breaking up with you has exposed an, a, a hidden or, or an, an unconscious belief that you can't trust people, particularly women. And if you dig deep, you probably can go back and find out when that started. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Maybe it was a situation with a girl. Maybe your mom wasn't there when you were younger. Maybe, you know, you saw this and X, Y, and Z. And so, you don't, you didn't necessarily want that to happen, but that manifested based on some beliefs. Now, the challenge is not looking at, at beliefs, like bad beliefs, as if they're bad, because they're not. It's not right or wrong. But if it's not what you want, you now have the opportunity to evolve that belief. Hmm. So if you don't, don't want to believe, it's not until you believe that not only women can be trusted, but that you, that, that, that there, and a set of beliefs that equals what you want which is peace, harmony in relationships, your ability to have that, uh, and all of those things matched up. When, those, when that belief is built to a certain level, you will actually see what it is that you want, which is, which is law of attraction explained in terms of quantum physics. 
<laughs> Do you yeah. understand where yeah. it's actually a time space event where particles actually collapse and see, and you see in reality what it is that you believe hmm. with some next level shit. But I, I can, I can uh, yeah. give you some books that if you want to follow up on it, one is called okay. how quantum physicists play grow a greater you incredible uh-huh. book It's basically law of attraction explained in the realm of quantum physics powerful man like you want to like like this you, you it's something you got to read over again you know what i'm saying like heavy uh-huh. but so anyway um you're right you the negative parts the positive parts but life is pretty much just like you know as they explain even in the book law of attraction by esther hicks which is also one that you all should read it's life is like a buffet man it's a whole bunch of shit on there and some of it you don't like some of it you'll eat and realize i'm allergic to that but it's okay because we have the ability to decide what we want. So just like when you go through something negative and then that helps you clarify what you want. When you eat tomatoes for the first, let's say you're eight years old, you eat tomatoes. You're like, Ooh, I hate tomatoes. Now you, and then you know, now you know not to order tomatoes. So if you never went through that, you would never have the ability to evolve. So negative manifestations are not a bad thing. They're an opportunity for us now to build our belief and then manifest more. You see what I'm saying? Until, until we manifest like Jesus, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's, yeah. There's, there's a bunch of gold on my floor right now. You dropping a whole bunch of gold. You dropping straight gold bars out here, man. <laughs> Crazy gems. But a couple more topics for you. So since you mentioned goals, let's talk about goals real quick. All right. So a lot of people be confused about setting goals. Do I make them, do I make them realistic? Do I make them unrealistic? What is realistic? What is unrealistic? Do I make them attainable? Should I make them just above attainable? To right, where, right, right, right. How do you find that balance between setting goals and, and knowing what you can achieve and what you can't achieve? Man, that's a great question. I think uh, just like anything, there's a lot of people will be black and white. Uh, it's not black and white to me. To me, uh, the art and science of setting goals is really just depends on your philosophy um, and your your makeup. Does that make sense? So it's kind of like, it's kind of like working out, you know, like you might say, you know, should I live real heavy or should I, I don't know. It depends on your goals. It depends on what you like. So I will tell you some general rule of thumbs for me, goals that don't sound appealing to you are not a good idea to set. Meaning I'll give you an example. Like when I, for example, if I said like, I'll take you back to when I was in high school, the idea of playing for Western Oregon didn't sound appealing to me. Okay. So if it didn't sound appealing to me, I probably wouldn't generate enough emotion to do the things necessary to make the goal happen. So my general rule of thumb is when I say the goal, I should be like, yeah, that's it. You know what I'm saying? Like, so if you say your goal and it's like, it it sounds lame, that's probably a lame goal. Like no matter what, you know, how specific it was or how, whatever it was. So I also, it's kind of like, you know, chicken wings. Like I like lots of spice. So with me, I like to say my goal and say, yeah, I like that shit. But I also like to feel like, oh shit, I don't know how I'm going to reach that. So I like a lot of spice in that way. However, not everyone has to be like that. You can have just a little bit of spice where it's like, that sounds kind of difficult, but I'm pretty sure I can get that though. What I wouldn't do is set goals that you're absolutely sure that you're going to get and don't pose any challenge. Let me ask you this. mm -hmm. Okay. Let me ask you this. So when you, when you set a goal and you don't achieve it, 
How are you supposed to feel about yourself when you don't achieve that goal? Okay, great question. It's not a matter of how you should feel about yourself. It's how you do feel about yourself. So, for example, let's say you set a goal and you feel horrible that you didn't accomplish it. Like my son set the goal of winning state and he got beat in regionals. Right? He's a freshman. He got beat by the senior. And I was super proud of him, but he was crying afterward. Is that a bad thing? Should I tell my son to stop crying? No, he's he's. He's devastated that he lost. He feels like he should have won. And he was about to win and lost in the last like 15 seconds. Like literally, you know what I'm saying? He's a wrestler. And it was a heartbreaking loss. So the question then becomes how he responds to that pain from there. So most people look at that pain, that heartbreak that my son felt post losing. And that pain is the reason why they don't set the goal to try to win state. They're avoiding that pain. But my son set that goal, felt the pain of not getting it, and now is more motivated knowing he was real close, knowing he was only a freshman. So he had all these guys coming up and saying, man, I didn't know he's a freshman. You see my son, he's built, you know what I'm saying? Because he's been in the weight room with me since sixth grade, you know what I'm saying? And so now he's like, he's excited, but he's also heartbroken still, right? And now he begins that process, Ivory, of building his belief to match what he wants, Hmm. So pain is a beautiful thing. It exposes things in you. It exposes the doubts you have. It exposes the beliefs that you have about yourself. So that's why it's kind of like working out. It's like if we go into the gym, Ivory, and I'm and you're like, yo, let's lift this weight. And I look at the weight and say, I don't know if I can lift that. So I'm not going to lift it right now. What, what do we call somebody like that as an athlete? You don't even belong in a gym. Like, don't like, so it's through the taking on of the challenge that you build strength. And if you don't have the courage to get up under that bar, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And need a spot. You saw, man, like, you saw, you saw, like you, you're not, you can't like, that's not, that's not what it means. That's not what it takes in order to be great. In order to be great, you have to be, you have to be weak. If you want to be strong, you have to be weak. You know what I'm saying? If you want to win, you have to lose. If you want to know what hot is, you have to feel cold at some point. Otherwise, you'll never, <laughs> otherwise you'll never feel it. Yeah. So the degree to which you can feel the pain will be the degree to which you actually feel the, 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 the type of success, quote unquote, that everyone says they want. But most people want the success, but they don't have the courage to feel the opposite of that. So... For those people setting goals, it's like, well, what do you want? You know what I'm saying? Like, do you want to just like, do you want to go and just, do you want to eat something and be like, that was all right. I want to go, I want to go somewhere and be like, yo, that was the most delicious meal I've ever tasted, man. Like, do you want to go to work and be like, yeah, this is cool. You know, I got a little security. Or do you want to go to work and be like, yo, I can't wait. This shit is dope. Like, I love what I do. Yeah. So if that's what you want, then you're going to have to expose yourself to the opposite of that. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? And of course, grow yourself into that. But like, and that's the part of nature that we can't ignore. It's like, it's called, it's a process of evolution. So you can look at yourself and be like, yo, remember when you were a freshman in high school, you probably look a lot different, right? Like that didn't happen overnight. And it didn't happen over the course of one month either. Matter of fact, when I saw you not too long ago, when you showed up on a call, I was like, yo, you look at like you look grown and you were like, what you mean? I look the same. You do not look the same. You know what I'm saying? You look more grown. Your face is more grown. You look more mature. Your neck is stronger. You know what I'm saying? Like you've been working out more, but you yeah. probably can't tell 
You see what I'm saying? But it happened over time. So the, it, I, my philosophy is you should really want your goals. They should excite you. If they don't scare you at least a little bit, they're, they're not worth it because you're not going to generate enough emotion around it. You know, so if you say your goal and it's like, yes, I want that shit, then go after that. You know, and the pain and, and loss and suffering that you feel is a beautiful thing and it's necessary. It's like when we go to the gym, it's like, yo, you should be tired. Yep. Matter of fact, get the trash can. You're probably going to throw up. You know what I'm saying? Because you need to throw up because you're out of shape. <laughs> you know what I mean? So in relation to your goals, you're out of shape, which is okay. Now it's time to get in shape. Yeah. One of the, one of the biggest realizations that I've, I've come to find out, you know, recently is, is goals aren't necessarily about the goals, but it's about who you become when, when chasing the goal. It's right, about right. who you become during the process that, that matters. But that's to say you have to go full out regardless. Mm-hmm. But you right, have right. to realize, you know, how far you've come and what you learn. You have to take something away from the path to the goal. What did you take away from that? And if you didn't right. take away anything from it, then that's when the goal was just wasted. Exactly. It's like when you watch, uh, you know, the Super Bowl every year, right? And you see these grown ass men and they and they get these rings and trophies, rings that they could buy 20 of them. You know what I'm saying? With, with the check alone that they get from the Super Bowl. Why would a grown man cry about a ring that he could go buy and have his jeweler create for him at the, at the store? It's, it's not the ring. It's not the it's what the ring symbolizes. And what really is behind that is all the pain. And you know this as a football player, all of those August practices, all of those, you know, those workout sessions during two a days, the losses, you know, what I'm saying the, the repetitive film. It's the pain that makes it so beautiful. So it's the, it's the thing that most people run away from, which is the pain that actually makes it worth it. If you get something and you know you didn't do nothing for it, you're not going to value it as much. You see mm. what I'm saying? So these grown men crying over this goal, which isn't, doesn't really mean anything. Like when you think about we're playing sports, it doesn't really mean that much, right? Like to say we beat this team, it only means so much as it means. And what gives it its meaning is all of that pain, all of that suffering, all of that hurt that we go through in order to, to, to accomplish. Agreed. Last topic here, Nate, last topic. So let's talk about the environment. Cause I feel like, you know, your environment is one of the easiest ways to help change your mindset. You know, you change your environment, it could directly impact your mindset and, and the way you think. Right. But I feel like a problem is for a lot of people is there's people in our environment that we can't really, we don't have control over. We can't be like leave as in like our family, you know, people who live in our homes, you know, people in the schools. So how do we protect our, our environment and start to change our beliefs when people around us aren't willing to do the same and they actually serve to bring us down? Yeah, man, that's a really tough one. So let me see if I can explain this in a way that makes a lot of sense, practical sense. All right. So it is true. There's a lot of people around you that, you know, quote unquote, serve to bring you down, right? Like bad influences, quote unquote. But at the same time, um, that's going to be true. And it's true for just about anyone. There's always things that are that can and will be around us that are outside of our control. You're right. So the challenge becomes not trying to get rid of everything that doesn't serve us so much, but instead deciding what we want, generating the proper amount of emotion behind it, and then allowing the universe or the reticular activating system to point out 
the shit we need to do. Does that, so let me explain what that could look like. So let's say you're in a bad neighborhood or uh, in a bad relationship or, you know, well, what do you want? You want to be in a good relationship? Well, what, what does that look like? Boom, 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 boom. Oh, you don't want to live here? Well, where do you want to live? And then you start making momentum and progress towards that. And you start focusing your attention on that. And what's going to happen is a lot of things that feel magical or random or coincidental, but they're not. But it starts with you deciding what you want and going after that. Now, and then things will start to happen and what needs to happen will start to become obvious to you. However, there's a period of lag time as well. So the question is, what do you do in that in between now that you've just, like if anyone came to me, Ivory, and was complaining about who was around them, I would be like, well, what's your goals? Where are you going? What's your plan? <laughs> and probably they don't have one because people who have that don't yeah. be, don't talk that much about the shit around them that that's, that's holding them back because yeah. they're too busy with all the shit that they're doing. Yeah. However, there are going to be some decisions that you have to make along the way, tough decisions. And it's, it's when the importance of having a strong vision and motivation behind it has to be stronger than the pull of the familiar. You see what I'm saying? Because you're going to have to tell, have some hard conversations. You're going to have to break up with that person who's no longer in alignment with where you want to go. You're going to have to transfer schools. You're going to have to move to the East coast. You're going to have to pack up and quit the job and do this. So you're going to have to, and it's always going to be a pull of like, dang, this is so familiar to me and comforting, but this is where I want to go. It's kind of like, you know, with, with eating, you're, you're a high level athlete. It's like, dang, man, that, that burger is so good and just delicious. And, but I got, I got trying to get to the league, man. If the league, man, is not stronger than the taste of that burger, you'll eat the burger. But if the league is so strong to you, you'll ha- make that tough decision. Like your homies would be all be eating fries and burgers. You'd be like, yo, sorry, man. I salad gang today. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm eating salad. my salad. You know what I'm saying? So if you want it, if you want it bad enough, basically what you say, if you want it bad enough, you won't let your family, your friends be an excuse to why you didn't achieve it. Dang. Exactly. You won't make that excuse and you'll know the things you have to do. You'll know it's time to break up. You'll know it's time to move out. You know what I'm saying? And if, if so, for those of you who live with parents and family and you, you're complaining about them, why you live there? Move out. You know what I'm saying? And then you say, well, I can't move out because I don't have boom, boom, boom. Exactly. You don't have that. So now you need to go get that. So why are you worried about your family when you don't have boom, boom, boom? (laughs) So focus on boom, boom, boom before you start worrying about all the other shit. And that's just leadership one-on-one. It's taking ownership. And most people aren't leaders, right? So, and people think leadership is all sexy and cool and it's about having charisma. No, it's not. It's about taking ownership. And taking ownership means facing reality to a degree that most people don't have the courage to do. It means looking at yourself and being like, damn, I'm hella weak. I ain't got no discipline. Damn, I don't know what I'm doing. Damn, I'm unclear about this. Damn, I'm scared to have this. Exactly. So get your ass into the gym. You know what I'm saying? And work, like work. And that means facing all the things you have to face. And when you realize how much work you have to do, you just don't have time to be complaining about nobody else. It's like, I'm not dealing with that. Like, I don't, it won't even really bother you as much anymore. (laughs) 
Yeah, Nick. Give us um you touched on that perfectly. Give us a quick rundown of your of your morning routine because I know you are you a high performer. I just want people to get like a, a quick idea of of what goes into that. Give us a little right, right. quick quick rundown of your morning routine. Yeah, man. So I have uh, a big family, four children, and I'm also an introvert and very much need my time alone. So I had made a I, I came to a realization very early in my entrepreneur career that like, if I was to succeed, I need time alone. So I get up early. I get up at 4 a.m. every single day. And Mm -hmm. I have a very well scripted morning routine that I put a lot of work and energy into perfecting and modifying and evolving as circumstances change. And it serves many purposes. It serves to prepare me for my day, of course. And it serves to put me in a certain emotional state every day and to get the reps that I need to get on a daily basis with certain things. So for example, meditating, reading, all these things that we know are good for us, but it's hard to find the time to do them. I reserve them at very particular places in my morning routine to ensure that I do it. For example, I hope everyone brushes their teeth every day. No one says I don't have time to brush their teeth, right? Because it's in a, it's a part of your routine. It's like, before you go to sleep, you brush your teeth. You don't be like, man, I just wasted four minutes today brushing my teeth. Like, but it's a part of your routine. So what I do is identify all the things that I want to be a part of every day. And then I package them very beautifully and masterfully and strategically into the first part of my day. And mm. it feels great. You know what I'm saying? It feels great. And it takes some work to get it right. You see what I'm yeah. saying? Like, so uh, it's it's not like, oh, I just, you know, just write a list of things and just do it. It's it's taken a lot of work to get me to the point I am now. And even the discipline I have now, I, I equate discipline with a muscle. You know what I'm saying? Like, when it comes to discipline, I want to look like the rock. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want my I want my discipline muscles looking like that. And that takes work. So that takes like mornings where you don't get up on time. That takes like going on a streak of seven days and then failing for two. But you just got to keep getting to the gym. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, so yeah. That's all it is, man. Appreciate that. That's awesome. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you these last three questions. One of them being, if you could prescribe a habit or routine for someone who is trying to change their life for 30 days, what would you prescribe them that they do? 30 days. That's a great, great question. Could be so mindset related. It could yeah, be so they would do related. thirty days. So I'm gonna assume that they're already doing some sort of physical activity. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna say that one because that's just so obvious. Um, that's tough, man. All right, I would. I would do this every single day. Take okay. out one sheet of paper. All right, and write down all of the things that you want. Just write down all of the things that you want. I would say take uh, take three minutes, okay? Three minutes, write down all the things that you want. And then on the other side of the paper, put another three minutes and write down all of the emotions that come up about that, positive and negative. Hmm. Write down all of them. Like, man, that shit does not feel realistic. Like, I do not think I'm going to get that. Man, I keep saying these goals and every time, boom, 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 whatever comes up. If you do that for 30 days, what you're going to notice, first of all, that's literally like going to the gym and just doing push-ups every day. Because what you're, what's, what you're going to see happen is you're going to notice at the more you say what you want and then notice the feelings, the feelings are going to start to get progressively better and better. Yep. And you're going to start noticing different things that you're going to do. You're going to start noticing the feelings that you have throughout the day. Your reticular activating system is going to be tuned in every day. 
You see, what I'm because every day you're focused on what you want, but you're also acknowledging the emotions as well. You're not trying to stuff them because a lot of people try to act positive. You know what I mean? Like, nah, nah, I'm just focused on what I want. They don't realize, like, nah, you actually need to to acknowledge the the backside, the doubt, etc. And then that's how you evolve it. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. the book that I mentioned, How Quantum Physicists Play, Grow, Greater You, talks about that in great depth. And this is an incredible exercise. So that's just like a short version of that. If you did yeah. that every day, that would be a great, great habit uh, for 30 days. I'm going to do that. I'm doing that. Best believe that. Yeah. Finish, finish these sentences for me, right? My greatest joy is... My greatest joy is, uh, is my children, man. Like, honestly, like, um, yeah, my children, like they give me a lot of pride. They give me, uh, they bring me a lot of joy and they also bring me a lot of frustration. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, they also expose a lot of weakness in me. And, uh, even with my, my eight year old daughter, man, she, she challenges me so much. Cause she's like very, she's a lot like me. She'll question a lot, you know, and she kind of like a smart ass type. And, uh, it's like, she exposes my doubt in myself, actually. You know what I mean? She challenges me. She actually sharpens me by doing that, even though it's painful for me. Uh, but they bring me a lot of joy, man. Like, it's, this why, it's why I do what I do. And I know that's a very human, it's a very masculine and human thing. I'm not the only father who feels like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you have kids, you'll know. It's, you can't even really explain it. It's just like, there's no way I'm not going to, you know, do what I have to do for them. So it's just like a, so, a very visceral animal like motivation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like my kid, my kids bring me. Okay. Our greatest battle is. Oh, our greatest battle is fear, man. It's fear. fear. It's fear. fear. It's, 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 it's fear. It's uncertainty. It's not knowing you see what I'm saying. And if we can face that fear over time, will outgrow that fear. But fear actually will never go away. You see what I'm saying? But if we could just show up and fight it on a day to day, to day and not run from it, not hide it, not, you know, uh, try to bully it all the time. Sometimes bullying your fear is a good idea. But sometimes it's like a, a wrestling match. You know what I'm saying? Like where it's, it's drawn out. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you'll knock them out and one, two, pop, pop. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you'll get your ass knocked out. You know what I mean? But just so long, it's like in Friday, you know what I'm saying? Remember when he was like, but you live to fight another day. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like you just got to show up every day, man. Uh, but that is our greatest enemy is fear. Okay. Last one. The world needs. The world needs. <laughs> <laughs> man. <laughs> All right, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna fill that in, but I'm gonna give you a little story before. So you know, man, you you know my podcast called Sports Motivation Podcast. I don't like being called a motivational speaker, man. Uh, I don't feel like I am, honestly. Like I feel like motivation is a very actually a very practical thing, but I don't like the I don't like the connotation that goes with motivation. We think of like rah rah, but you know, yeah. I was watching I was watching one of the presidential candidates uh, a few weeks ago. And they were talking about coronavirus and they asked the president or one of, I'll just say who it was, Joe Biden. They asked Joe Biden, what are you doing to protect yourself against the coronavirus? And he, you know, gave his, he washing his hands. I'm like, who isn't washing their hands? Like staying six feet. And I listened to this dude and I didn't feel no type of motivation. I didn't feel no inspiration. I'm like, man, we dealing with the coronavirus right now. You know how much uncertainty, why can't, 
a leader give us some motivation. So the mm. world needs more motivation, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why I love Jeezy, thug motivation. Like, the world needs that. The streets need that. We need to feel motivated, man. Not more hopelessness, not more fear. You see what I'm saying? I'm like, you, you want my vote? Motivate me, man. <laughs> like, how dope would that be if a president was like, look, man, this is some crazy shit we're dealing with. But let me show you the history of our nation, all of the shit that we done been through, all of the things that we've overcome. Let me show, like, even let, let, a, let a president help us overcome our fear of death and be like, you know what? All of y'all going to die anyway. Everybody's going to die. This is just another way to die. So the question is, what have you accomplished so far? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Are you ready to die? Because 2,000 people just died yesterday from coronavirus. And I'm not going to sit up here and act like you can't be one of them. I could be mm -hmm. dead tomorrow. So the mm -hmm. question is, what's our legacy going to be? What are you going to do, man? Like, instead of fighting and talking all this shit about this and that, man, arguing and all of this bullshit, the world needs more motivation. You know what I'm saying? So Motivation, we, motivation. We need, we need leaders who can motivate. And I don't yeah. mean just, like, give you chill bumps motivate. I mean get you to act. You see what I'm saying? Drive you to action. Hmm. Cause you to think differently. Hmm. That's motivation. Like motivation is not just like, yeah, you know, ah, motivation is like when you get up cause you gotta get up. Yeah. You tired as shit, but you up, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You like walking and you, and you like, you know that feeling when you're about to do a 5 a.m. workout, yeah. but you do it because you're motivated. <clears throat> the ones who are not there are not motivated, but you're still, you still tired. You still dreading it, but you motivated. So the world needs more motivation, man. Nee, this is why you're successful, man. This is why you're the best at what you're doing right now because our greatest battle is fear. What are you doing right now? You're helping us conquer our greatest battle. The world needs motivation. What are you doing right now? You're motivated, man. That's why the world, the world, the world needs Niu Sobu, man. And uh, <laughs> appreciate you coming on the show for Thank Gold, man. You're amazing, amazing guest coming on, man. And I appreciate you so much for dropping all the knowledge, dropping all the gold, taking the time out your busy day, man. That means a lot to me personally, bro. Appreciate you, man. Absolutely. If you don't mind, just leave, um, you know, Instagram handle. Um, yeah. anywhere people can reach you. Maybe they can get in contact with you in a mentorship program, anything like that. Right. So go to I'm not you .com and you can find everything there. Uh, but at Nii Shobo, uh, N-I-Y-I-S-O-B-O on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of that. Uh, but yeah, man, go to I'm not you .com. If you're someone who's really ready and, and Ivory knows this man and Ivory was a part of Killer Instinct. It's not, it's not for the weak hearted. You know what I'm saying? It's heavy lifting. Um, but if that's you, uh, go to I'm not you .com forward slash K-I and we can see about getting you in that program. Uh, but I do want to say something about you, Ivory, man. I'm, first of all, I still remember our call and I, rem <laughs> and I remember I, I really, I really enjoyed our call because you were, you know, you were one of the few people who like had the courage to be like, hold up, man. Like, why should I do this? Like, I remember, I didn't remember yeah. how you actually said it, but you were like, yeah. like, it was like, you didn't just assume like, so you had questions and you were like, nah, man, like convince me and yeah. seeing your progression, man. And seeing like how so many of the things that you talked about during the program 
And then afterward, you know, there's a while where I didn't see you. And then when you came, we started falling back in and seeing you doing it. <laughs> like you actually started your podcast, yeah. you investing in your brand, like seeing your evolution, seeing the confidence with which you speak. That's big time. And I want to let you know, I see you. You know what I'm saying? Like, appreciate I see you. you and, yo, and I'm thinking how young you are, bro. Like, you're so young, man. And this is... And seeing how you think, I didn't think this way at your age, bro. That's a fact. Like a lot of the things that I actually am able to now articulate and talk about, a lot of them were in there, but it wasn't like, like you, you doing it. Yeah, yeah. Like I couldn't articulate. I mean, you, you a young dude and leading people, people are following you. They watching you, man. So just keep doing it. Keep doing it. And I know how important it is for to feel like what you're doing is mattering. And bro, I'm telling you, it matters, man. Like, and it's not going to be long, man, before people are begging to work with you, flocking towards everything you're saying and really trusting and valuing you at a high level and just continue to invest in yourself the way that you're doing it because it's paying off. You know what I'm saying? Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast with me and Niyu Sobu. I hope you guys enjoyed the interview. Follow us on all social media platforms at Think Gold Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Yeah, we on TikTok. Yes, sir. I appreciate you guys showing love. Please leave feedback. I would love to hear some responses about what you guys think about the podcast. Thank you very much. Continue to Think Gold. God bless. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.